Anybody like me just glad to be in the service tonight? Amen. Preacher's already said it. Um, I'm so glad that I got to come. I haven't done anything, okay? I, I really hadn't. It, I didn't do it. Um, to get um, to get a chance to connect with this family tonight, and I, I've known Amy for a long time, and so uh, good to see Brianna and your mom. Is your your mom's here? Good to see you too. Praise God! Good to meet your husband and your children. Um, I have thoroughly already just got a blessing and I'm, I'm so thankful uh, I'm just kind of overwhelmed honestly and the choir uh, as always I mean you ever heard the, the old saying I don't know if I've ever used it pertaining to a choir but a, a choir on steroids <laughs> are you kidding me right now no wonder they made the roof, the ceiling so high. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, we, we always feel like it's such a, a blessing and an honor when you guys come and spend Jubilee with us. And people ask me sometimes, why do you why do you have some some of the familiar folks and choirs and pastors in, preachers in, like you do? I said, well, you know, you, you meet people. And you connect with people that um, you find out that they're like-minded for sure. Yeah. But you feel comfortable around them to the point where you can really worship with them. Yes. And when I, come to, when I come here or when your pastor... Listen, i, I got to tell this, Brandon. You do know that we had to have a construction crew to come in and fix our platform <laughs> after Brandon led the choir. <laughs> I'm a big boy. And then there's Brandon. I love what God's doing here. I want to tell you how much I love what God's doing here. It almost makes me want to, it makes me resign shining light and move back over in this area and start coming to this church. I love this place. And if you, if you can't worship, if you can't worship here, if uh, you can't get something from God here, well, let me just tell you, you can't get, God, get anything from God anywhere. God's doing wonderful things, miraculous things, glorious things here. And uh, I praise the Lord for it. You know my, and I say this, you know, I got to be careful. I don't want to lose my man card. But you know my, you know my affection I have for your pastor. I, I, love, I love your pastor. And I appreciate him so much. I understand now better why it is that he is always in the right place, doing the right thing, acting right, talking right. Now, he loves the Lord. We know that. I mean, no, no problem with that. But Miss Pope, absolutely. I'm going to tell you, I, I, Miss Pope was, a, you know, she was so, she's so kind. I, she's one of those ladies that can straighten you out without you really knowing that she's really straightening you out. I was sitting in their spot, you know, and I was sitting there and I, I said, oh, Miss Pope, I said, you, you come sit here. She said, listen, don't cause a scene. 
I'm going over here. You don't argue with the pastor. Absolutely, you're right. Anybody ever been on the other end of that? Brandon, I know you have. Anyhow, Mark chapter 4 tonight, I'm, I'm just really, I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed, but I do have a burden on my soul tonight. I think it goes right along with where we are this evening in the service. I try to be, I try to be really, really sensitive to what the Lord wants. I think sometimes if we're not careful, we come in ahead of time with what we think is the message and kind of leave God out of it. I try not to bring the, the canned stuff, even though I like to preach certain things, I, I feel like it works and it's a blessing at places, but I also want to be sensitive enough that I'm really trying to, to get the, 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 the feeling of the service and, and, and try to mind God with that, and, and that's what I've tried to do this evening. Um, I'm like your pastor uh, in the sense that there's so many things that I could say, so many things I'd like to say in so many messages that I'd like to preach. Some of you are thinking, when are you going to get to it? Anyhow, Mark chapter 4, I believe, really gives us some insight. You understand some of the surrounding things, but I'd really like to just dive right into this. And I do realize I'm kind of dropping into uh, a part of the Scripture, but I want to do this tonight because I believe it'll help us this evening. Notice with me verse number 35. In the same day, Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and the same day... When the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Now, that's familiar, that's a familiar verse, and it's a familiar passage of scripture, but let's read on. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with them other little ships. Verse 37, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. That right there would be a good place to say amen. I mean, as if they weren't fearful enough from the storm, the Lord performs a great miracle, an elemental Miracle. I mean, the elements. I mean, it was one thing that, you know, there, there could be some debate or discussion about some of the things that try to rationalize things and try to figure it out and discuss it. But when you get to talking about the wind and the waves and the water and all these things that, that he's dealing with, and they see that, they're astonished by it. You know, I'm afraid that we're living in an hour where we just somehow, some way, just don't hardly believe that God's able to do the miraculous anymore. Understand tonight, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a charismatic preacher or anything like that, but I will say this, that I believe that we, even in these hours of famine and, and hours of dryness and coldness and indifference, that we've kind of bought the, this whole line 
that, you know what, the things that God's done in the past, He can only have done them in the past. And we're living in days where now we just got to kind of hang on. We just kind of got to wait. And I'm talking to people tonight in this service. The Lord touched my heart sitting right there where Miss Pope's at tonight. And the Spirit of God said, you're going to be talking to some people tonight that are, what's going on in this ver- these verses of Scripture? I'm preaching tonight on this thought on floating while full. Floating while full. I want you to notice with me back in our text tonight in verse number 37. The Bible says there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. They're floating, but just barely. They're maintaining. They're continuing. They're moving forward, but just barely. I'm talking to some people tonight, I believe with all of my heart, that you got in the choir tonight and you sang, and you sang your heart out, and you believed what you were singing. But there's some things going on in your life tonight that's about to overwhelm you. I I know that's a generic statement because we hear a lot of preaching that direction, but I believe I'm specifically talking to some folks tonight that are getting overwhelmed by what's going on in their families. They're overwhelmed by what's going on with some of their situations, some of their jobs. And I'm talking about some people that are, are, are under the load tonight. And I believe I could be talking to some people that that... The storm has hit your life and it's hit it full force. Tonight, I'm talking to some people that there could be more ship under the water than there is above the water. You know what that means tonight? You're not far from going down. And did you know tonight that the devil would like nothing more than to drown you and destroy you and consume you and envelop you and take you down and take you under and write the epitaph on your life and say they're finished, there's no hope, there's no reason to go That's what he'd like to say about you tonight. But I'm glad to say, thank God, aren't you glad in this text with all that's going on, with all the trouble, with the storm that's blown in on their lives, aren't you glad that he's still on the ship? Hey, I'm about to get happy. I said, thank God, I'm glad he's still in the boat tonight. I'm telling you, he's still in the ship. You are not, the Lord wants me to tell you, you are not sailing alone, amen. You're not, you're not sailing through this life, this situation, this storm. I mean, honey, I mean, they've been in some storms. There'd been some trouble before. There'd been some problems and difficulties and challenges while doing what they were doing. But this is a storm of all storms. I'm talking to some people tonight. You're facing the storm of all storms. I'm talking to somebody that probably got a diagnosis recently and you just don't know what's going to happen next. Can anybody identify tonight? I thought about these things by way of introduction, then I'll give you the major points and we'll go to the house. I want you to see this. Number one, I'm thinking about again, they're floating while full. Number one, I want you to see here by way of introduction, they're dealing with the wind. That wind is blowing contrary to it. It's not a wind that's blowing with them and making it easy. And somebody in this room tonight is facing a crosswind. 
Some of you tonight are facing a wind that's blowing straight at you. It, it, it's causing you to be unstable. You're looking around your life right now and you're thinking, God, now I didn't sign up for this. God, I'm saved and I got saved. And some of you tonight, you might have been saved recently. And you face some kind of thing and it's going on in your life, some circumstance. And it's, man, it's causing you to begin to wonder, maybe even question, what have I done? What have I done? They're dealing with the wind. They're at the mercy of it. It's directing them. It's about to knock them off course. They're not making much ground. They're not going very fast. In one place, the Bible tells the story about how they are toiling and rowing. You know when the wind's blowing against your life, things are not easy for you or convenient. I thought about not only the wind, but they're dealing also with the waves. You see, these, these waves that are splashing up, they're not just splashing up. I was thinking about something I read yesterday about when a hurricane come in in 1969 or thereabouts uh, down, in, uh, down in Mississippi, I believe it was. And the story goes that when Hurricane Camille came in, that the winds are the, some of the fastest, strongest that have ever been recorded, over 205 miles per hour when it made landfall. 28-foot-high 20, uh, crests on the waves coming in on them. Can you imagine? I, I don't know exactly what that might have looked like for them. I only know this, that the waves take a toll on you. You ever been to the ocean and stood with your back facing the waves and had those waves beat against you? You ever been, hey, you ever been out on a boat when a storm comes in on you? I'll tell you something, that's, that's not pleasant. That ta- it takes a toll on you. It wears you out. That's the thing that's going on in this storm. They're, they're facing wind. They're facing waves. But then the water of it. I mean, that water with every time that it, it blows against them, it's like a stinging, hurting, a, a damaging rain that hits them that they're feeling. And what about the cold of it? Here's the thing you got to understand. When a storm hits your life, you better be careful with that storm. You know what a lot of times we want to do when the storm hits our life? We want to recede. We want to pull back. We want to isolate. We want to, we want to sometimes move away from the very thing we need the most, and that's our church family. Of course, with that goes our relationship with Christ. You better be careful in the storm because if the wind doesn't get you and the waves don't get you, the water can, and you can really get cold in a great big hurry. I've seen it. I've seen people in church, man, on fire for God, sitting where my friend Rodney's sitting, and my friend, something take place in their life, some diagnosis, some situation with a spouse, something going on with their children, and and they stop coming on Wednesday night, and they start moving to the back of the church, and before you know it, they've moved out the back door and say, Preacher, what happened? The storm overtook them and overwhelmed them. Your preacher's been in this thing long enough. He's seen people that that's happened to and that never does anything but break our heart because we invest and we work and we pray and we care because we know what happens when people sometimes get out. There's things that take place in their lives and there's things they do outside the will of God and sometimes there's damage that's done out of the will of God that when they do eventually come back, it's, it's my friend there, it's not that they can't do anything for God then. It's not that they can't go on for God. No, that's not what I'm saying. 
again. But I would say tonight, we have to be careful when we're out of that place and we get cold on God that we don't do some things that hurt us that we carry and we have baggage the rest of our lives. Are you listening? Verse number 38, they ask him the question, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Of all the things that they're dealing with, I think this might be the most difficult. They're dealing with the wondering. Lord, do you care about me? Lord, have you forgotten about me? I think about some people I'm preaching to tonight that have gone through some very difficult things. They had the same ideas that you had when they started out. There's some people in here that have been serving God since before they were teenagers. And they were faithful. And they loved God. And they tried to do what was right. And something took place in their life that really they had no control over. That threatened to completely capsize their lives. The sad thing is tonight that we all know somebody that maybe fits that description that they're still out of the will of God tonight. Now that breaks my heart. To think that somebody that had the right kind of start made a move to God and God obviously moved in their lives but something happened and they just threw up their hands and said what's it? Wants the use. And you know what the devil's selling them tonight? They won't take you back. They're done with you. There's some of you sitting in this room tonight that very well could have been your testimony. I'm talking to some people tonight that could have been you. But aren't you glad the devil hadn't got them all? Amen. Amen. They're wondering, Lord, do you really care about me? I'm talking to some people tonight. You might be sitting in the room this evening and you're wondering to yourself because of some past failure or some maybe some sin or something that took place that maybe you never even had any control over. And you're thinking that, you know what, there's no use. And the devil's saying, you're done for. Why do you waste your time? Can I tell you tonight, that's not the end of the story, Amen. I thought about what's going on here again. The ship is floating, but it's full. And, and, and again, we feel that way sometimes. I'm talking to even pastors and staff members. Sometimes you feel that way. I'm talking to parents that feel overwhelmed a whole lot of the times. I mean, listen to me. We've raised four children. I mean, you know, my wife raised five children. Somebody help me right there. Amen. I know she felt overwhelmed. I know that there were times she was stressed out. She didn't sign up for a preacher and a pastor. She didn't sign up to be a pastor's wife. And when we took the first church over in uh, Walnut Cove in 2001, our baby girl, Faith, who's now 22 years old, uh, listen, she, she hadn't even been born yet. And she was born that following October. And then here we are raising our children. We're traveling 45 minutes until we built our house. Three years later... Can you imagine the stress sometimes of trying to raise a family? And then daddies, listen, trying to provide and take care of a home and look after a wife. And let me say it this way, look after a wife and God help and look after a wife. Amen. I'm about to get in trouble. 
We feel like we're going to sink sometimes, don't we? Feel like we're going under. I'm preaching to some people that you feel just like that tonight. I, I got to give you these three things and, and, and I'll be done. I'm thinking about floating while full. But just remember this. When you feel like you're going down or you feel like you're going under and you feel like you just can't hardly go on, just remember this, number one. These, these disciples, when they're facing one of the darkest moments of their life, when they quite literally thought they were going to lose their life, number one, listen, uh, they, they had to remember that they were sustained by an unseen power. Look at verse number 38. The Bible says that he was in the hinder part of the ship. I've got to loosen this tie. Somebody say amen right there. Uh, they, they were sustained by an unseen power. In verse 38, he's in the hinder part. They can't see him. He's not there out directing them at that point. He's not out there showing them what to do at that point. But thank God, even when they could not see Him, in the, even when they could not trace Him, if you will, thank God He was still there. And I got good news tonight. There'll be plenty of times in your life and in my life when we won't feel like He's anywhere around. We won't feel like that we can get in touch with Him. We'll pray and it feels like the, uh, the heavens have become brass. And, and it seems like God's not moving in our direction. Uh, maybe we feel like Jairus sometimes even. We feel like we got Him going our way and then all of a sudden everything comes to a screeching halt I'm glad to be able to report to you tonight church that there's an unseen power he was very much in control even when they couldn't see him tonight I'm telling you this evening church he's well able and he is still in control tonight I thought about some things he had to deal with, this unseen power. They asked him, Master, care us not that we perish. The Bible says he arose. And the Bible says that he came to where they were. Let me get to this right here. I want you to see, first of all, he's dealing with their fear. Verse 37, he arose, that there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. They had, they had such a fear of what was going to take place. Do you know tonight, one of the greatest weapons that Satan has is the weapon of fear. I lay in the bed, even now, here I am, this robust, full of the Holy Ghost, praise God. If I was Pentecostal, I'd say tongue-talking preacher. But even now, sometimes in the midnight, in the late hours, I'm aroused from sleep thinking about one of my children, somebody in the church, or sometimes even my own mortality. You say, ah, oh, you're supposed to be a preacher. You're supposed to be a preacher. What, what you, you mean you have, you deal with fear sometimes? You better believe it. You know what fear is? I'm sure you know this, heard this. Fear is a false expectation appearing real. The devil loves to use fear in our lives. They were fearful of what was fixing to take place and they forgot they were sustained. Child of God, I don't know what you're going through tonight. 
I don't know what it is that's waking you up. I don't know what it is that the devil's using to beat you up and beat you down with. But I want to remind you there is still an unseen power. He's not only just dealing with their fear, but he's dealing with their faith. Look at verse 40. And he said unto him, why are you so fear? How is it that you have no faith? Can I remind you tonight that sometimes what you're going through and many times is not just indicative of some sin in your life contrary to what Mr. Copeland may say. Sometimes things happen. I didn't do it. Sometimes things happen in your life maybe like Job. Things happen in our lives sometimes. And can I remind you that that trouble or that challenge or that difficulty that God's allowed it to come your way to see what the measure of your faith is? See what the level that you're on? To see whether or not you truly are going to come forth as gold tried in the fire? We don't like that. We're not signing up for that. There's nobody in this room tonight that likes trouble, difficulties. We like everything to be smooth. But the troubles come nevertheless. Nonetheless, problems are coming in our lives. Difficulties are coming your way. He's dealing with their fear. He's dealing with their faith. But watch this. He's also dealing with their future. Look at chapter 5. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. Now, you know the story here when you read these verses of Scripture. You know that he's getting ready to deal with what we refer to commonly as the maniac of Gadara. He's not only dealing with their fear and their faith, but he's also dealing with their future. Let's pass over unto the other side. Why? Because I want to show you something. Here's the problem with some of us tonight. We let our fear consume us. Our faith doesn't stand up because we're not cultivating our relationship with Christ like we need to. And then we don't get to see the things that we want to see. I was thinking about you, Brother Pope, and this wonderful church. I was telling you about this. We talked about this briefly at Jubilee the other night. You've had people that you've won to Christ here recently since you've been in this new building. And boy, God, the touch of God and the presence of God. I don't know if you know this. I only know if I should tell you. Did you know y'all are in revival? Do you know there's a spirit of revival? I'm not telling you that so you can. That ought to cause you to get low. That he's passing by. There'll be people that come here and they'll see all this. There'll be missionaries that come through, evangelists come through. Even sometimes other preachers will move into the area and come here and see all that God's done. And they'll say, man, boy, I wish I could have that. Man, I wish I could be a part of that. Boy, I wish our church was like that. And they don't realize. How long have you been here, preacher? All together? 32 years. Didn't start out like this, did it? Oh, some glorious times now. I said, preacher, well, I, I think about Brother Bobby Robertson, who's in heaven now, was a pastor of gospel light in Walkertown for 275 years. <laughs> People come in for the National Sword Conference. 
three, four thousand people in attendance, pastors from all over the country and the world. Brother Bobby, just old country preacher, you know. He'd get up there and say, Welcome to Gospel Light. You know, he had that, he had that twitch that he would do. This is so funny. My kids went there to school and all that. And young preacher, I remember when I first got saved. Before I even surrendered to preach, went over to the sword conference. I was sitting down on the front row. I didn't realize I was sitting. I was sitting beside Tom Sexton. In, in a borrowed jacket. I had, I think, a tie or two, but I was in, my uncle had let me borrow a blazer. It's not too bad. It was about like this. It was all right, though. <laughs> Sit down on the front row with, you know, I mean, green, Lord help. Sitting there. Thoughts going through my mind. Man, wow. Look at all of this. People don't realize Brother Bobby had a nervous breakdown. I mean, they used to call it that. Had a nervous breakdown. For God to be able to do some things there, there was some fire he had to go through. God's, the Lord Jesus is wanting to show them some things. You want to see God do some things in your family. Well, I wonder, are you going to be faithful through the storm? Are you going to be faithful through your failings? I mean, are you when the things hit your life, when the trouble hits your life, when the problems hit your life, when financial issues hit your life, are you going to be faithful? You know what Job said? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. You know what else he said? Blessed be the name of the Lord. They're floating, but just barely. They're sustained by an unseen power. Number two, I want to say they're sailing on an unchanging path. Look at verse 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. They were sailing. It will help you when you are barely floating. It'll help you when you are floating while you're full, overwhelmed, stressed out, going through difficulty. It'll remind you. It'll help you to be reminded and remember that you're on an unchanging path. Amen. Sometimes the path that we sail on it's an obscure path. I thought about Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Remember the story, don't you? Remember when he said this and prayed a prayer similar to this one, Lord, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do, Lord. But he said this, but our eyes are upon you. It'll help you tonight to be reminded that you're sailing on an unchanging path. This course has been plotted in your life and for your life. It's a perfect plan. It is not without difficulties or without challenges, without bumps in the road. There will be plenty of those along the way if we live very long. But can I tell you, thank God, He's placed you right where He wants you. He's put you right in the center of His will. My friends, just because trouble comes doesn't mean you're supposed to quit and give up and throw in the towel and say, I don't want to go on because it's not easy. It's 
actually pretty hard to live for God. But can I tell you, harder the battle, sweeter the victory. Amen. The past sometimes can be opposed. There are going to be plenty of times that you are opposed on your path. There's going to be plenty of times in your life that things will not come easy. They won't be smooth. There's a thousand things running through my mind. Plenty of times in your life you'll find roadblocks and obstacles and things that cause you to have to stop or slow down. I would remind you tonight that some delays are divine. And God allows these things to come your way on purpose. The path of God sometimes can be obscure. Sometimes it can be opposed. But I like this. Thank God. I'm glad my path has been ordained. There's purpose in what God's doing for my life. We say it all the time here in other places. We say something like this. God has a perfect plan for your life. And He does. Young people, look this way tonight. I'm glad to report to you tonight, God has a perfect plan for your life. He has a perfect mate. He has a perfect place that He wants to put you in the will of God, doing what He wants you to, so that He can receive honor and glory with your life. Amen. Sometimes the trouble, the challenges, the difficulties come to just keep us on the course. We don't think about it like that. We think that everything in the will of God should be real easy. But not always. If some of you tonight didn't have some trouble, difficulty, challenges in your life, you might get high-minded. You might get out on your own. You might be tempted to trust yourself and your own abilities. Can I remind you tonight, you can do nothing without Him. The path is ordained. I like this, the path is orchestrated. You see, just like I can just see in my mind, can I borrow your imagination for just a moment? They ask Him, Lord, they say to Him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And He arose and rebuked the wind, the Bible says, and they said unto Him, He said, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I can just see the Lord stepping out on the bow of that boat. And the very thing that threatened their absolute existence, all he does is speak to it. I don't want to sound more spiritual than I am because if I get a diagnosis or something happens to one of my children, my babies, I'm going to be like everybody else. But what does it tell us about the God that we serve? This thing that we're fearful of. This thing that's threatening our faith. And we're fixing to not get to see some things that God wants to do. All God has to do is speak to it. I mean, we we said it, make it our, we make it our, our absolute crusade to help God. Fix our problems. Steve, we start working it in our minds. How are we going to do it? 
Can I tell you something tonight? Time out. God doesn't need your help. I mean, if you got so much, if you got it all figured out tonight, here's what I want you to do. Step outside the door and shut the rain off. And while you're at it, go ahead and put about $2 million in my bank account. Praise God, I felt something right there. He speaks to the very thing that's fixing to take them down. He said, hey, wind, waves, peace be still. You know what that tells me tonight? That tells me no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what's waking you up, no matter what's keeping you awake, no matter what it is that you're facing, He can speak to it. I feel like going to Goober Town. <laughs> oh, let me give you this. I got to go. Watch this. Not only are they, they sustained by an unseen power, sailing on an unchanging path. Finally, they're situated by an unordinary person. They were singing about it tonight. He was telling about it tonight. I'm not special. There's nothing, there's nothing special about, there's nothing out of the ordinary about me. I'm, you know, but there's something wonderful about my Jesus. As a matter of fact, everything about my Jesus is wonderful. Oh yeah, the Bible says here in verse number 41, and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, I love this, you ought to underscore this in your Bible, what manner of man is this? When they saw all that, Brother Brown, when they saw what he did, he steps out like a, like an, uh, a conductor of a, of a great symphony, and a, a great orchestra. He steps up and I can just see him. He says, peace be still. Just lay down. I can see old Peter now. He, you know. I ain't never seen nothing like that. I mean, I'm talking about I'm talking about spoke to the wind and the waves, and they laid down, just like glass. What manner of man is this tonight? I'll tell you what manner of man he is. He's the kind of man that gives hope in the midst of great fear. Oh, there's some of you tonight, man, you, you're overwhelmed. It seems like everything is swirling about you, and it seems like there's no hope. I remember coming in the back doors of the church on that September 26, 1993 morning. I, I'm telling you, I, I don't know that I ever testified of it. I don't know that I ever could really, uh, ever verbalized it. But I'm telling you, the sinner, when you realize your hopelessness and your helplessness and that you can't help yourself, you can't fix yourself, and then the Spirit of God comes upon you when the man of God's preaching the Word of God, I'm telling you, I felt like there was no hope. But thank God I'm glad that that morning in that church there was great help to be found, thank God. You may be in here tonight and you may feel hopeless and helpless and that there's nothing that you can do. You're right. There is nothing you can do, but you can call upon the name of Jesus. And I'm glad to report tonight he's still in the saving business and he can save you tonight if you'll let him. That's what happened to you. You stumbled in somewhere or made your bedside your altar, stopped on the side of the road, wherever it may have been, 
And you realize, thank God, there was hope. The devils tell you your children don't have any hope. There's no hope of them being saved. They're too far gone. They've done too much. But there's hope tonight, aren't you glad? I see here not only is there great hope, he's the kind of man that has great power when there's great dark, or great weakness. He's the kind of God that gives great peace when there's times of great storms. He's the God that gives great assurance when there's great doubt. He's the God that gives great deliverance when there's times of great despair. He's the God that gives great revelation when there's great darkness. Where are you tonight? What's going on in your life? I've come here to to tell you this evening what manner of man is this he's the great God of heaven and earth amen he's the God that can turn it around he's the God that can fix it he's the God that can work he's a God who's not dead He's very much alive. He's very much in control. My friends, you may not be able to see him, track him, but praise God like they sang about it. I hope they'll come back singing for an invitation. Praise God, you can trust him tonight. I'm talking to some people tonight. Your trust is weak. Your faith is weak. I might be talking to somebody that needs to take a real step of faith and God's been dealing with you about it. I remember when I surrendered, if you will, surrendered to preach. I invented, like most of these preachers would tell you, I invented all kinds of reasons and excuses. Steve, when I first met you, I was not a preacher. But I was working at Freightliner. I'd been saved and I was working at Freightliner down in Cleveland. And I, I, I'd got in church and I'd gotten serious about serving God. My, was just, my heart was just flooded with, with, with joy and just living for Jesus. And I didn't know anything, but I was enjoying it. I was praying about the will of God, what God wanted me to do. I hadn't even surrendered to preach or anything. So, you know what? how good God was to me? He put me over next to a man at Freightliner that was an independent Baptist preacher, a man by the name of John Whalen. Anybody know who that is? God used Brother John to help me. I invented all kinds of reasons why I couldn't do it. I don't claim to be great at it. But I do know this. God helped me to step out by faith. And when my time came to move away from that job and go full time, again, my faith was being tested. And I trusted God to step out by faith. God might be working in your heart tonight. and You need to take a step. Move up a little closer. Is there anybody tonight that's interested in that? Am I talking to anybody tonight that more of your ship is under the water than is above the water? And you feel like you're going down? I believe God, all my heart, I believe God brought me here to tell you that. He's got you.
He situated you. He knows right where you are. At no time, at no point, will you ever be outside His ability to see what's going on in your life. Maybe you need to come call somebody's name out. Maybe you need to come do some prayer work for your family, for your marriage. Maybe you need to come tonight and get some victory. I'm telling you, the devil will use anything he can to rob you of your victory. I know what time it is. I know we've had a lot of... But I believe it'd still be right to make a move to God and let God help your heart tonight. Are you floating while full? It's not over. God can help you tonight. Preacher's going to take the invitation, but I would only say, preacher, if it's okay, maybe... They could come back and sing that song again. Maybe you need to come and talk to the Lord about some things. Maybe you're feeling stressed, overworked, and overwhelmed. Would you be interested in coming tonight as they get ready to sing and let God help you tonight get the victory back on your life? Let God put you back in your back, man. Believe in God for things. Trust in God. Not knowing how it's going to work out. But trust in God. Let's stand our feet tonight. That's my heart, Calvary. Hey, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. Why don't you come tonight as they sing and do some business with God? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed as they sing tonight. If God spoke to your heart, why don't you step out right now? You know, the preacher and I had no conversations before he preached tonight. He had no idea. We didn't talk about anything going on. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt while he was preaching tonight, I was like, yep, yep, yep. God fine-tuned this. I know why he's preaching this tonight. I know some people who need this message tonight. I know some folks who are floating, but boy, the boat's about full. I mean, you feel like you're just about to go under. And you need somebody to pray with you. You need, you need a breakthrough tonight. You need some victory tonight. Hey, would you step out? Would you step out? Folks are coming all from around the auditorium. Would you come right now? Would you come? We're just going to, I'm going to let them sing. But if God's speaking to your heart, you need to come. Now, here's the thing. Especially if you're here this evening and you say, Pastor, I don't know that I know that I'm on my way to heaven. Listen, I want you to come. I want you to come. And we want to meet you here with the Bible and tell you how you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. All right? So let's just, while we pray, while we pray right now, and uh, you come while they sing. You folks go right ahead. Making my own plans, but they fall through again and again. Lord, it's not easy for me to let go of my hopes and my dreams, but here they are. 
trust you, Lord, cause you know more than I can even begin to try to comprehend it. You know what's best for me, no matter where this road might lead, one thing's for sure. breaking into this service all day long. I'm telling you, man. I don't think we're going to have to wait on tomorrow for revival. I think revival fires are already burning. There's a, you know what, there's a tenderness. There's been a tenderness here all day today. Folks have been receptive to the working of the Lord. If you're here tonight, if you're here this evening, and you don't know that you know that you're saved, well, I want to tell you what, it'd be It'd be tough to go through a day like today and uh, walk away lost. I'm going to ask him to sing. I'm going to ask him to sing another verse tonight. And if you're here this evening and there's still a need in your life, whatever it may be, you just come on and we'll meet you here. We'll meet you here and pray with you. 
And uh, but oh, aren't you glad we can trust Him? Amen. Amen. Y'all sing it. Sing it first, if you will. We're here if you need us tonight. thing to a close here in just a moment. We're going to be on our way. You know, it might be somebody here tonight who says, you know what, I've never seen anything like this before. Boy, how many know this? In these last days in which we're living, we don't need normal. We need some abnormal. You know what I, you know what I believe, man, just looking around tonight, watching what God is doing. You know what I really, you know what I really believe in my heart tonight? I believe God is getting his church ready. Because I believe time is short. And so if, if your boat, if your boat's pretty full, I got good news. It ain't gonna be very long. I think he's gonna call us home anyway. And so whatever you do, boy, serve him. Man, just serve him. Just sell out, man. Just sell out hundred percent. And man, just let him, let him guide your boat tonight. Would you bow your heads with us tonight? Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done. What a day. What a day. Lord, we're blessed beyond measure at Calvary. Lord, we have experienced the touch of God and the breath of God in both services. And Father, we're thankful. We don't want to take that. We don't want to take that for granted. God, forgive us for when we do. And so, Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise. God, we give you glory. We give you glory tonight. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for how you've worked, Holy Spirit. We're going to go away from this day different. I believe that. Now, Lord, here's what we, we pray. As we end this prayer, God, bring the increase. 
Lord, from what's been done today, it doesn't have to stop. It doesn't have to stop here. Holy Spirit, bring the increase. I pray because of this day, I pray that more people will be saved. Lives will be changed. Folks will be challenged. and Lives will be transformed. And we pray, ultimately, that Jesus would receive praise and glory and honor from all that's done. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name.